Sego. Buju Anim. Danach A. Ak Anzeni Shubwithan. Tante. Ay, Inuradikai. This is Words and Culture, a series on Indigenous languages, funded by SiriusXM through the Community Radio Fund of Canada. Sego, Sewegwego. My name is January Rogers, your host for Words and Culture. And since coming back home to Six Nations in the summer of 2019, it seems, but there is also evidence of areas of my life becoming elevated. I'm the busiest I've ever been in my career as a writer, educator, and media producer, but also how I operate as a Haudenosaunee person. I am truly grounded here on my land, and more importantly, I am received by the spirits and energies of this land. I am a custodian, not an owner. The land provides everything, all the special instructions of how to operate and conduct ourselves here. And that may sound philosophical or kind of like poetry, but it's those notes of poetry that are embedded in the language. We hear it in the English translations of our language. My guest this week is the personification of all the things I just talked about, Gatsia Hondo. Although a young man in his early 20s holds many positions of cultural responsibility, one of which is being identified, or chosen if you will, to be a longhouse speaker, and someone who is knowledgeable enough to be called upon to conduct ceremony in community. He visited this auntie at my home on Six Nations, where we talked about his ambassador duties and much more. I'm going to ask you to teach me how to say your name. Gadza Hayando. Gadza. 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 Hayando. Hayando. Gadza Hayando. Gadza Hayando. And how, what does that mean? Uh, fires here and there. Oh, yeah? And that what language is that? Mohawk. Kanyagaha. Nice. Um, which languages do you speak? Which languages do I speak? Yes. Uh, okay, I speak English. Uh, I speak Ganyageha. Uh, Ganyageha uh, is my first language. And uh, I've been uh, taking some classes learning how to speak Gayakono, uh, Kayuga. And, um, and being from um, Quebec, I just know a little bit of French. Just a little bit, though. But you're not really from Quebec, you're from Ganawage? I'm from Ganawage. Nice, yeah, yeah good. Yeah. Um, how did you come into being uh, speaking Ganyagahaga? Well, it's, it's my first language. Both my mother and father are second language learners. And um, my folks are, uh, their names are uh, Skatsahadi Lazar, that's my father, and Tatum Yerihawi Macumber. Okay. Is my mother, and uh, uh, they they worked really hard studying the language. They've done it for many years, and they they both became teachers at some point, and uh, and 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 they still teach to this day. Uh, now and then, my mother uh, back at home in Gahnawage, she runs a language nest in Gahnawage. Uh, she established, uh, I think, one back in uh, two thousand and four. 
up until 2006 and then re-established in 2014 and has been going ever since. What's the name of her language nest? I think she got that um, inspiration from the Maori people that she had met a long time ago who run their own language nest out in New Zealand, which was like uh, the first language nest that that was made for language revitalization. So a language nest, if uh, like for people who don't know, is uh, is like a is a home like environment, um, kind of just like gearing away from the from the school aspect and and uh, and it's geared towards uh, mothers and sometimes fathers with uh, young children and uh, helping them raise their children uh, to become first language speakers, while at the same time. Uh, the mothers are learning to become speakers themselves. When you mentioned that you were speaking um, Kayoga, how you're learning? How are you learning Kayoga language? Uh, I'm currently enrolled in uh, Six Nations Polytechnic and a Bachelor's of Arts in Ungwehunwe languages. As a part of that, they have a Mohawk stream and a Kayuka stream, and I ended up taking a Kayuka stream just so I can uh, have something new to practice. And, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in uh, the linguistical aspect behind it, so I thought it would be really cool to uh, learn how to speak that this, this other language. The language journey for you has been, how has it been? Easy, hard? Are you finding that now you're in a position where you can share as a language teacher? It's been, uh, people will say that I've had it like uh, really easy, and I guess that's like half true. I was able to uh, pick up a lot more on the teachings, and I was able to pick up a lot more on uh, some of these speeches that I would hear. I would understand a good portion of it, but I didn't, I, I don't know everything in the language, and I don't know everything in the culture. You know, I'm just learning myself. So um, I've had uh, some of these people who taught me. Who are also who are elders, and then some of these people are second language speakers who have taught me some stuff mm-hmm. that I didn't know about before, and uh, and I and, and I always want to give them credit for uh, for the work that they do uh, teaching me, because uh, at some point, uh, like despite being a first language speaker, I ended up taking a Mohawk uh, course mm-hmm. out in Kahnawake for two years, mm-hmm. uh, which is a uh, uh, an adult immersion course out there and uh, I wanted to learn more about the uh, linguistical aspects which was really interesting because I learned about how Mohawk is a polysynthetic language. Polysynthetic meaning uh, you can put pieces of a word called morphemes to create a com- one complicated word to convey like an, an entire sentence in just one word. And there, there, there's uh, it's not just Mohawk, but there's many native languages that are like that. Right. Yeah, all all across North America. So, Mohawk is uh, is is one of those that has like all this uh, these 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 complex meanings. When you say you're able as a speaker and a learner, you're able to understand uh, the language in speeches. Do you mean like in Longhouse? Yeah, in Longhouse. Uh, is, uh, is is one of those places that I would hear uh, uh, a lot of these uh, speeches that are being told. And uh, I grew up uh, going to Longhouse uh, back home in Gahnawage. 
and every now and then uh, my family would travel out to Akwazasne and um, for a little while my father was living out here we went to Mohawk Longhouse here in uh, Oswego for a little while as well and I get to hear uh, these different speeches that are being done in our language. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could talk to me about the importance of language and being a culturally involved person. Is it absolutely necessary or you think that a person who is not a language speaker can still be authentically involved in culture? Coming from uh, from, from where I come from, uh, it had been uh, uh, rather dormant on uh, culture for a very long time in Kahnawaga. In recent years, probably in the past 30 years, it had become, it, it had become something very uh, big for people to follow culture out in the East where I came from. Uh, in, ter- in terms of learning language, uh, a lot of people have held on to that. Some of their families have held, have held on to it. And uh, I guess some, some would say that uh, our community was more fortunate than some others were. And I'm grateful for that. And uh, a lot of the elders that I'm friends with back at home, a lot of them are, uh, uh, they, they, they don't follow the culture all that much. They don't, they, 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 uh, they attend church uh, more often than not. And, um, and it's not like their fault or anything like that. That's just uh, kind of like the way the circumstances came, came about uh, in that way. Uh, but a lot of the younger generation now are, uh, are becoming aware of uh, of the things going on around the world, and they want to have uh, they want to find a way to be connected somehow. People uh, will travel around and they find culture in Longhouse, and uh, they, and I know people who want to practice that more often. I I wouldn't say that it's uh, that that it's absolutely you have to change everything you believe or anything like that if you want to be a language learner, but for me. Learning and learning the language, I can go like wherever I can hear the language. I can go, I can I can go to church, just to listen to some of their church hymns that they sing there, and I know a lot of friends who uh, who sing and they sing all these uh, songs and they show me some of these books that they have and I have a, and I have a book with church hymns in it, mm-hmm. that has like all these complicated Mohawk words in there and mm-hmm. really old Mohawk words. But more often than not, I, I, I do mostly longhouse the, uh, the, the, the work that I do in terms of like spiritual beliefs and stuff like that. That's what I follow. And, uh, and I put through ceremonies for people. I put through different uh, speeches and I put through uh, funerals. And, uh, and, and I've helped out for uh, many years. Uh, some, of my, some of my brothers have done the same. My father has done that and my mother helps out with that. In your language, uh, tell me how old you are. 23. How do you say that in your language? You're just a baby. You're just a baby doing ceremony. This is so great. I wanted to ask about that confluence of church and culture and language. Um, Because, of course, when we think of church and the relationship indigenous people have... It's very ruinous uh, to uh, indigenous culture. So when you talk about church and maybe your grandparents went, you're saying, or your, the next the generation before your parents went, they're mostly like church people. 
were they able to bring the language into like was that like the first kind of example we saw of reconciliation the first example of reconciliation of, yeah like first and i don't even really believe in reconciliation but what i'm saying is what i'm asking is would that be would you say that that would be the first example of a bl the blend of the settler nation spirituality or religion and and the indigenous culture would that is that where that happened like the way it was like uh integrated to me it was like uh with christianity being such a such a big part of uh our history as it was like forced upon us or many many of our people have gone and they followed that and the way all the circumstances that have brought us to where we are today um with everything that happened with uh residential schools and um everything like that there's uh there, there, there's no question about it that there's uh there's a lot of awareness going around so everybody everybody's talking about it now where not that long ago nobody ever talks about residential schools and all the trauma that we went through and then now nowadays there there's becoming more awareness out in the media you know and you see every child matters all over the place people wearing those or uh the orange shirts and uh and and, and you see people uh laying shoes across uh in front in front of a church and every child matters and all that other stuff and uh it's becoming very present and really in the last two years it's becoming a, 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 a very big thing and it's good because people are becoming aware and that's what you would need is for people to become aware and to know that this is what the Canadian government this is what the church had done to our people you know for so many years over a hundred years of residential school this is what they this is all the stuff that they've done to us and it's not even that long ago, you know, our grandparents were in there, you know, and many people who are still alive, they're all survivors of all that stuff. And now with the stuff going around, there's, uh, there's this uh, movement of reconciliation. Uh, and I don't believe in, I don't, I don't believe in it either. I think it's all, uh, it's fake much of it, but like, like, like anything that we can get from them, it's never going to be enough. I don't find However, the amount of money that they're going to send to us or to our schools, to our community, however, the amount they're never going to stop paying back because of all the trauma that have been dealt with us, not just with residential school, but with land loss and uh, and uh, all the all these other forms of genocides and all these wars that have been fought and all these uh, these laws and these legislations that have been made without our consent or without uh really discussing with us about all that stuff it's uh uh we've we, we we've lost a very significant amount there's no question about that so we're talking about the colonial religion and indigenous spirituality but then of course there's the political which gives our the understanding of our governance Haudenosaunee governance and that comes from also the land and the sky and all kinds of different sources, you know, that we learn from. And, and I'm just wondering, politically, how, how are we maintaining our governance 
through language. That's uh, that, that that's very complicated. Uh, like the way everything has uh, has uh, changed for us and have morphed. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, division within our own people, right? Because there's uh, so much uh, division going on. There's a lot of people that went on to believe different things, not just religiously but politically. You know, so people have gotten integrated into uh, uh, this uh, society, this kind of like foreign society where they take part in it and they cast in voting for the government or whatever. Or it's it's like there's like many shades of gray with that, you know. And uh, even uh, in terms of like the Confederacy and people are very are in a big dispute about like what the Confederacy really is and who should hold all these positions and who should uh, uh, establish everything, what these communities can provide, you know, and it's very messy. My name is January, January Rogers, and I'm speaking with Gatsio Hondo. I asked him what advice he would give to people who are just starting to learn Ganyagahaga. I mean, the one thing I can say about um, about the people who are uh, are uh, getting into this, to, to all of this for the first time into their language journey, I, I, I would just tell them uh, patience is very much key. You become patient and you just stick with whatever works for you and i would tell people that uh there's a lot of work that goes into it sometimes it takes very many years for some people to learn and it's not going to happen overnight so that's why patience is very much key to all of that and it's very complicated the way the language is set up and there's so many layers and layers about uh, about what our way of thinking is not only in terms of uh culture but in terms of custom Mm. And that our language conveys a very different custom from uh, from the way the English or the French or the Dutch or Germans and what they think. And so we have a very different way of describing different things and different objects. And it's very it's very abstract, and mm. in, uh, in a lot of our ways, and in a lot of our ways are are are, are like that as well. And uh, it's 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 very important to be aware uh, to be aware of all that. And 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 a lot of those. Uh, could be the reason why some people will have a really hard time getting into the language. Some people will get into the language and they and and they think literally right. what well how how everything translates to English, but it doesn't all work like that. It's very complicated and uh, conceptual. It has all these uh, these different layers that that you would need to be aware about. You 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 do your search into into what our language is and and try to get what the uh, what some of the patterns are, mm. and the language has a lot of different patterns. Mm. And uh, once you start to get it, you can it, then it, then it starts to really click. And I know some people that have a really hard time for for a very long time, but then only recently it starts to click, and they're like, okay, now that makes sense, mm. Mm. and this makes sense, and this makes sense, and now I can just make all these words, mm-hmm. not really make them up, but put them all together, polysynthetically. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and and find these different meanings and yeah. start to make these different sentences and it starts to make sense. You know the immer- the immersion school in Ganawagi that you mentioned earlier, that two-year program mm-hmm. that you did? It's That's been going on for a long time, hey? Like many years. 
Yeah, here's the thing about uh, uh, about these classes. You know, some of them they got different numbers of classes, and they they got different numbers of people. I mean, in uh, in each class, so some of them would have like up to twenty. Some of them would be just fifteen, and but uh, but they but but they would accept like certain people to who they can who they can consider is the most eager, and oh, yeah. it's like this person is the most eager. That right. person is really, and just like who we might think are the most likely to. To excel and all of that, uh, for 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 a lot of them to come out at, at the end of two years, not all of them come out speaking a whole lot, and there's some of them that do come out speaking a whole lot, and I think it just depends on uh, on the individual and their circumstances and the way their minds are yeah. and how they learned yeah. and based on their experiences as well, mm-hmm. and it's uh, and and that's like a whole complicated process that that they would all go through each and every one of them. You know, and I think it's good that uh, that that there is a community that has a that would have a program like that, that can be up to uh, two years. Basically, it's like you're going to high school, but the only but the only subject you need to worry about is language. Amazing, right? <laughs> and uh, and 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 it's every day, so you can expose yourself into that. Mm-hmm. But for me, growing up, the best way for me has always been speaking at home. For the children, or for parents who want their children to speak, is that when the children are growing up and they get used to something like that being at home, it's very it it, it can have a very big difference. Mm-hmm. And with me growing up, one of the things that have helped me when I was like four, five, six years old is going is having my mother's language nest. Yeah. And there's a reason why my mother had this language nest is because. Uh, she wants to raise her kids to be first language speakers. And when I was growing up, I had English. I did, but uh, I was uh, more used to uh, speaking Mohawk. And then when it comes to me being at family gatherings or or uh, different events where it's all English, I, uh, she says I was uh, very, I was like in a shell or something like that and not wanting to really uh, interact with folks or anything like that. And then she established this language nest, this idea that she had for this language nest, making it kind of like uh, like grandma's house mm. or whatever and, uh, and, and raising kids in a home environment. And then she told me, she was like, you really came out of your shell being a part of the language nest because now there are other people there who speak the language. There are other kids that you are surrounded by who, spe- who are speaking the language and there are elders that 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 help out as well and they're speaking the language and it just comes natural let's say it wasn't something that was forced it was just something that was there and i was just immersed into that and there's a few other kids that were immersed into that even even today i I hear some kids that 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 have gone through that and uh, really have like a like a good amount of uh, awareness in our language and a good amount of uh base because they have it so early on in childhood, right. now they have this, this, this strong base in the language, where if later on they wanna take a course or anything like that, they would have uh, like a much easier time than some others would. So community is important. Community, yeah, it's it's it, that that's that's really what it all comes down to: community and just people taking care of each other in that way and just having a place that you can go to every day where you can hear the language and just work with people you know Mm -hmm. the language nest you know really it's just it's a it's a home environment you know Mm -hmm. 
And then it's not just being at home and sitting in a classroom or anything like that, but really it's just uh, it's 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 going out on walks or going out building fires with people or or uh, or doing stuff in the home and cooking and uh, doing all these different activities. It's it's very important, but they give you a feeling like you're at home, you know, and it gives these kids a feeling that they're at home. Nyawagua got Yahondo for such a great visit and chat about language and culture and his personal language journey. When I reflect on our time together, I am reminded that there are 20-year-olds and then there are 20-year-olds who are so grounded in who they are as Haudenosaunee people that it feels like I'm talking to someone 50 years old because of their knowledge and level of cultural confidence. Before Gatsia Yondo left, I packed him a container of my homemade corn soup, a recipe I have been perfecting since coming home, and I wanted to share the best of what I could offer to this ambassador for all that he has shared. And now, this is the point where I get to try my hand at some words in Ganyageha. Let's start with aguego. It means everyone. A-gue-go. Aguego. Everyone. Onguanyungwe, which means our medicines. Onguanyungwe, our medicines. Yawego, it tastes good. Yawego, it tastes good. And I hope that's what Gaziahunde said about my corn soup. <laughs> my name is January Rogers, your host for Words and Culture, the Haudenosaunee episodes. Until next time, be well and take care. Anagawahi. Words and Culture is made possible with funding from Sirius XM through the Community Radio Fund of Canada. Words and Culture is produced by Kim Wheeler. Kaylin Belair is our audio engineer and editor. Onigawahi. Gigawabamin. Soko seni denit e minen yuji hina. Echo say. Kakuhut. Well, see you again.